Warning! The following podcast contains strong language, which some listeners may find offensive. If you do... Up yours! That's only if you don't listen to the podcast. Otherwise, not up yours. News team, assemble! Hello, welcome to the Untitled Wrestling Podcast. My name is Jay, joined by Troy this week because Big Tasty's feeling a little bit under the weather. How are you, mate? I'm all right. Not bad. I'm after a night's sleep. I feel well rested. Saturday was long, watching Extreme Rules and GCW. Then a long day Sunday at Progress, and then a nearly four-hour journey back thanks to rail strikes. So yeah, I feel relaxed and chilled now, and thankfully in good health. But get well soon, Tasty. Hopefully, we'll be back on it soon. Long weekend of wrestling. Aye. Nothing of note has happened at all. Absolutely nothing. So let's talk about fuck all for the next hour and a half. (laughs) Uh, Obviously, if you're on Jack's radio, why wouldn't you be listening to Jack's radio? Um, We'll have some good music in between as well. Um, Curated by myself and Troy this week. Aye. With absolutely no thematic reasons of picking half the songs at all. Nope. Um, None. So let's get get into WWE first, because they seem to have had the sort of busiest week. Uh, First off, uh, Rob Fee was recently hired by WWE as the new long-term creative director within the company. Um, he's got experience in the world of comic books, MTV and Disney programming, and he, he did previously work for the company and was quite like hands-on with Bray Wyatt and um, even pitched a themed movie to Nick Khan before it got released. Yeah. Um, he's apparently been... He got announced properly this week but apparently he's been with the company for about a month which would kind of make sense track, now it track with what's happened which we'll get into shortly um yeah pretty it's pretty a good sign and it yeah probably got a long-term creative director is mm, mm. that that was like the biggest create like creatively the biggest kind of criticism of wwe there was no like long-term continuity yeah yeah so them to actually have someone whose job is to kind of have Map an end. out like a few a good few months of story you'd hope yeah it's quite a quite an exciting um sort of approach so mm. see what yeah um, he's next... worked on quite a bit before though wasn't he i was reading up about like yeah. what he'd been on and uh, some of the marvel stuff he'd worked on as well i think yeah. um i can't remember what the thing is he worked on with marvel but like a really good like resume of, of previous things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it I think as well like it's he's obviously like a wrestling fan from like seeing interviews he's done, but it's good as well that you've got someone who's kind of got that sort of like outside concept to kind of like bring a fresh sort of like coat of paint mm. or stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was I was looking up. That was it. He's worked on it was something to do with the Fresh Prince as well. Oh, um, yeah, I think so. Something to do with that. He also worked on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Uh, I think he worked on Fargo as well. I love Fargo. Um, yeah, awesome. so quite a few like exciting times. Sounds like he knows what he's doing. Yeah, it, it's another thing as well where WWE are kind of like having a bit more of a Hollywood approach to it. 
Mm. Which again, it, it's it's nice in a way that like you've there is so many kind of like I, I, the way I kind of describe wrestling to, at the moment to people who aren't wrestling fans and like, well, what's the difference between that and that and that? Is it's all like different genres of music, mm. like or different genres of film. So like WWE's obviously leans a lot more into kind of like the sort of like entertainment side of things, and then mm-hmm. you've got like AW, which is more like sort of wrestling focused, but does have like the sort of elements of it as well. Mm. But like stuff like GCW and TNT and like the Indies that where um it's, it's more a lot punk rock. Yeah, a lot bit more punk rock, a lot more grounded. Um yeah, A AW is like a bit more like kind of like wishy washy indie rock that people like <laughs> like and W WWE is like fucking Taylor Swift. Well, I'll be at the moment. <laughs> at the moment. <laughs> Just trip back and charge. It'll be motorhead in about a year. Motorhead, yeah, yeah. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's uh, talk about some uh, returns to the company. So according to the wrestling observer newsletter, Bo Dallas is set to return to WWE. Um, and also Fightful have announced that only Lorcan has returned to NXT as a coach. Excellent on both parts. Although shame only Lorcan's not returning as a competitor because I've always enjoyed watching him. Um certainly his really good matches on the Indies when he was like after he was released as well. Yeah, he wrestled under his indie name, Biff Busick, Biff. against was it against Mox at Bloodsport? Yeah, he, he did Bloodsport against Mox yeah. and he had like a really good match against I think it was Mike Bailey. Mm. I think he had a re- he had a bangle with Jordan Oliver in GCW as well. Okay. Um and I he had uh, um he did a match a couple of matches in PWG as Super Dragon. Um of course he did. <laughs> it was just Biff with a Super Dragon mask on. <laughs> um, yeah, he was going around doing curb stumps on people and chopping the shit out of people. Nice. Um, Bo Dallas is an interesting one given just that gonna uh, say given what's happened what's going on um which we'll, we'll touch on more when we get to it because i feel like that's something we're going to kind of be talking about for a little while yeah <laughs> just just a wee bit <laughs> yeah it, it can this kind of like falls in line with the whole um there was a thing that come out on i want to say wrestling observer where they said that triple h was kind of like alluding to the fact that he there was people that they were talking to that you wouldn't expect them to be talking to. And okay. I think the, these two kind of fall under that sort of hmm. like not not so much only law because I feel like he was like what he was like a triple H guy, wasn't he? But like yeah. both that certainly because he seemed to be like ready for life outside of wrestling. Mm. Although yeah, when yeah. when we were at uh, Full of a Wrestling earlier in the year, he did well, one thing which was really cool was he watched the whole Future Shock show and he was given, like, he, well, it was him, Billy Gunn, and MVP, and MVP, MJF watching it together. Right. Um, and he was also then, like, sitting down with a lot of, like, kind of, like, indie talents and just, like, giving them pointers and stuff like that. So he's obviously still quite, like, clued into the business. Yeah. And obviously, he comes from wrestling royalty and the return that's it, yeah. Yeah, that's that is an interesting one. Obviously, we'll touch on it a little bit more later. Um, but yeah, hopefully if it is in a an active kind of in-ring position, like they'll maybe give him a bit more. Cause I 
I remember a lot of his stuff in NXT when he was like NXT champion and his run then, and he was a decent, compelling character to watch. And then the last I remember of him on main roster was uh, him tagging with, what's his name? Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel, that was it. And part of the the Miztourage and the B team or whatever they were called. Um, So yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I I think with the, with the Believe character, like they they tried it twice on main roster, didn't they? Mm. And the second time, there was a bit. It was a bit more kind of like, all right, he seems a little bit more unhinged there. Yeah, he never. How did go all like, in with it? Obviously, there was the fantasy booking of like when um when like the Wyatt family first debuted, the boat was going to join the family because mm. obviously everyone knows he's Bray's brother. Yeah. Um, and that, that that's a potential route they could take. Um mm-hmm. more on that later. Uh next up, WWE made an overhaul to their uh, commentary and announcing teams this week. A uh, massive overhaul. Um so on Raw, uh, the new commentary team is Kevin Patrick and Corey Graves. Mike Rome will be ring announcing and Byron Saxton and Kathy Kelly returning as backstage interviews. Um on SmackDown, we've got Michael Cole and Wade Barrett. Samantha Evan is ring announcing and Kayla Braxton and Megan Moran backstage interviewing. And an NXT, Vic Joseph and Booker T on commentary, Alicia Taylor ring announcing, Mackenzie Mitchell backstage interviews. So, yeah, a little bit of a shake up there. Yeah. Um, also, as a result of this, unfortunately, Jimmy Smith and Nigel McGuinness have both left the company. Um, and on uh, premium live events, Michael Cole and Corey Graves will be overseeing commentary duty on that interesting there so oh we go through like each of those first and then something off yep. the back of that which kind of hasn't been spoken about or mentioned or maybe it has and i've missed it um so the raw commentary team kevin patrick so he's the irish guy that was the kind of backstage interviewer right yeah he yeah. presented or talk as well and that's it yeah yeah okay I've not heard him on commentary before, but he, he seems fairly um, he's, comprehensive. That's not the right word, but confident, I guess. Like he did, um, he he has done commentary before. Uh, I can't remember when exactly. I want to say it was either someone couldn't make it, or someone got like a commentator got attacked, and he jumped in. Okay, or something like that. Mm. Um, he, he seemed fine. Yeah. Um, he was. A sports commentator in Ireland and then uh, in America as well. So he kind of got that. Oh, okay. He's got that background. That's good. Background, anyway. Similar to like Jimmy Smith, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, Corey Graves, like that's that's fine. So I imagine he's going to be the the play by play guy, and Kevin Patrick the Kevin's the play by play. Corey's the color. Sorry, that's what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then Mike Rome, that's that's no real change there. Byron Saxton going back to backstage interviews. I've seen a few people say it feels like a bit of a demotion, but that's what he was doing before, wasn't it? Yeah, and this isn't any like kind of real dig at Byron, but he's not like he's just there half the time, isn't he? Mm. Like almost as well with like Corey Graves kind of like being like shut up, Saxton. Yeah, it's like a distraction a lot of the time. Yeah. Just I quite like gone back to like a two man booth with it. Yeah, so uh, good to see Kathy Kelly back. That's pretty cool. Yes. Uh, yeah, and then Michael Cole and Wade Barrett, I think, is an interesting one. They were they were very good on SmackDown this week. Were they? 
they were they had like quite good chemistry um uh, wade barrett's first thing was um you've had you've had a lot of husbands in your time here Hopefully i heard I'll that bit like that <laughs> that's it um, yeah yeah <laughs> also it's key to note that pat mcafee is only temporarily gone from the company so that was what i was going to ask about um, is what what's happened with pat and so pat is on a hiatus because he's doing espn college football um, oh, okay which i think would take him away until just before wrestlemania or just after wrestlemania oh wow okay he'll be returning once the season's over right probably um, okay um, fair enough well, we could talk about it. It will be interesting to then see where he slots in, like whether it's they take Wade then off SmackDown and replace him again with Pat and Wade goes I, back to NXT or I don't know. I was going to say I don't see Booker T sticking around that long. I feel He feels no. like temporary of the law. Yeah, yeah. Um, also, there's that guy who's on level up. Uh, I think he's called Suhar or something like that. See the one that they had on NXT the other week. Yeah, they had three of them on NXT the other week, and he—I'm sure he was one of them. It was yeah, him and oh, Byron, and then yeah. Uh, Wade. Yeah, he was yeah. all right, to be fair. And then they've got um, Kelly Kincaid on NXT as well, who the former Quinn McKay from Ring of Honor, who's like a backstage interviewer. All right, okay. And she's she's still there. She's tweeting about being there today. So. Mm. Oh, okay, yeah. it's it's a shame about Jimmy Smith and, and Nigel McGuinness. So I think the way that Jimmy Smith was kind of let go sounded a little bit like it was Triple H accidentally kind of let slip. It mm. was something to do with like him being handed some notes, and he was like, "I'll give them to Cole. He, He's going to be calling the match or something." He um he made the comment about um Daniel Cormier. He was like, "I'm going to use this in commentary. Am I all mm. right to?" He's like, "I'll give it to Cole." And then I was like, oh, right, I'm oh not well, I'm that. not calling it then, yeah. But he, he took it quite well. So I saw on, I think it was Cirrus, Cirrus FM or whatever it's called. Yeah, he's got his own radio show as well, hasn't he? Yeah, he was saying, like, it's like, I'm fine with it. It's, mm. you know, it was a really good experience to do it. And I'm in a better position now than kind of I was before. And, and you know, I've got three other kind of jobs that I'm doing, so I'm all right. And there was kind of no ill will towards it, which is good to hear. Yeah, well, he's he's primarily an MMA commentator, which mm. I think was kind of like was like a doctor water with that because it's yeah. a similar sort of like thing. Combat, um, I, yeah, yeah. I thought he was brilliant. I'll be honest. I, I did. I, I thought it was really, really fantastic. good. Mm. Um, and it's a shame to see him go. I mean, he'll he'll probably he's one of them. I feel like he'll probably turn up at some point again. I hope if, so. It feels exactly. like the door. It feels like the doors. If the door's not open for him in WWE, he's now kind of got like the sort of feather in his cap that like maybe someone like Impact or yeah. Ring of Honor or. Well, you see what's happened with the likes of Tom Phillips, Mauro Ronaldo. Like, yeah, both have had stints. Well, Tom Phillips is currently in Impact, Tom, isn't he? And Tom Phillips and Aiden English are the commentary team in Impact. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and Tom Hannafin and Matt Ray Walter, the call now. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, shame to hear about Nigel McGuinness, although with NXT UK kind of disbanding, it makes sense, but there's potential maybe for him to come back with NXT Europe, maybe? Possibly. Um, I think the more likely thing is that he's probably going to be brought in uh, back in as Ring of Honor 
uh, commentator, which is what he was doing prior to WWE. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, it, he's he's kind of he's kind of like said um, as well. Obviously, people t- the, there's the talk of oh god, maybe he's going to go back to wrestling. Mm. He's kind of said, well, I didn't. I wasn't forced to retire, so the options there. Okay. Whether he would, because he's lost a shit ton of weight since he was actually wrestling. Mm. Yeah, so he was a <laughs> unit when he wrestled. But then there's the whole Chris Jericho calling out ex Ring of Honor champions and Nigel's mm-hmm. one of them. I wouldn't I wouldn't be mad if we got a Chris Jericho Nigel McGuinness match. Um <laughs> but yeah, I also would worry if we did because I don't want Nigel to be fucked up. Yeah, fair enough. And lastly, uh, some really sad news. Um tough enough winner Sarah Lee has passed away at the age of 30. Um, she's survived by her husband, Corey Weston, who is Wesley Blake uh, from NXT and three children. Um, there's a go for me to help with the funeral cost if you feel so inclined to um, to donate. And it's gofundme.me forward slash B35A5501. Um, there's currently, it's it's really cool to see actually with like the wrestling world, the way they've kind of like rallied around like, one thing which was awesome to see was uh, Bray Wyatt was getting like obviously a lot of people talking about him, and it was it was like before Extreme Rules, and he he thought, well, this is when everyone's talking about me. I'm going to tweet this out, yeah, um, yeah. which he did. Um, also, there's uh, just just people from all over the wrestling industry, like a couple of notable, notable people. Um, Tony Khan donated ten grand. Mm. Um, Kevin Owens donated five grand. Uh, loads of Cody Rhodes donated a large sum. Um, loads of w- ex-WW people, um, people from AEW, people from Impact, people from New Japan, uh, just from all over the world. Yeah. So it's really cool to see the rest, as, as horrible as the circumstances are. Everyone come together in such a unity as they are. Yeah. yeah. And supporting them, supporting the uh, Western family and it uh, probably almost being the most awful time of the life. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, sad news. Yeah, that's sad news indeed. Uh, thoughts are with them all. Um, yeah. Um, on that note, shall we talk about the weekly TV happenings? Aye. Let's, let's rattle so, through the Raw and the Smackdown. So yeah, Raw opens surprisingly with a Judgment Day promo. <laughs> <laughs> This led to surprisingly, yeah. This led to Judgment Day versus AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio. Um, Rey gets ends up getting distracted by Dominic, which leads to uh, Judgment Day double team and AJ. After match, AJ they've kind of teased and AJ's gonna t- gonna join Judgment Day. Mm. He's been offer. Um, AJ actually shoot like pie faced Rey Mysterio, and then, um, and then. Judgment Day end up attacking both of them. Um, He's not going to join. Come on, I don't know. Be an interesting, interesting wrinkle. Spooky AJ Styles. Spooky AJ Styles. Spooky Bullet Club. (laughs) (laughs) Only for October though. After that, you forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) Next, we got uh, quite a cool like backstage bit. uh, um, But Bobby Lashley's like arriving. At the arena, um, um, 
he's like, I want to see people kind of step up to me and like challenge me. And Mustafa Ali comes up to him and basically like, well, I don't get any opportunities. I, I more than deserve an opportunity against you. I want a shot. And Lashley's like, well, why do you deserve one? And so Ali just slaps the shit out of him and <laughs> chooses violence. And then, chooses violence. <laughs> and Bobby Lashley just basically says, all right, I'll see you in the ring. Um, nice. You then get a Bloodline Street Profits promo. This basically um, Montez Ford had like a protective boot on his foot. I believe it's kayfabe. Um, mm. But this led to Solo Sokoa versus Dawkins getting made for later. Um, after this, we got Lashley versus Mustafa Ali. Really good match. Um, felt like a star-making performance for Ali. Um, mm. Lashley was like throwing everything at him. Ali kept like slapping him in the face and like being like, come on, give me more. Um, nice. There was a bit where he like threw him into the timekeeper's area and Ali got in like just on 10. So like to break the counts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Lashley speared him, Ali kicked out and Ali passed out in the headlock in the end. Okay, ow. And then after, after the match, uh, Lashley goes to shake his hand before he can. Rollins attacks both of them and curves something too. Um, and then uh, that leads to Rollins and Riddle having their face to face where mm-hmm. they're not touch each other. Um, and it's ba- it's basically like the kind of like trying to go the other into hitting each other. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Daniel Cormier comes on the screen, kind of like runs down that he's going to be the enforcer and um, to like save it for the fight pit sort of thing. Yeah. It was weird because this felt like it should have been like an announcement video, but obviously because it got leaked, mm. it announced it over the weekend before. Yeah, yeah. Um, Seth Rollins just doing some absolute shit baggery. It was brilliant. Um, love to see it. Yeah. <laughs> then you, then we get Miz planning his birthday party. Uh, he's on the phone to Maurice. He says the champ has gone missing. Or they, well, he doesn't say he's gone missing. He's like, I'm not seeing him for a couple of weeks. Um, Dexter Loom is kind of lurking in the background as well. Um, then we get Dakota Kai defeating the returning, well, newly returned Candice LeRae. Yeah, by... I'm not sure how I feel about that. I know uh, it's by distraction, so it, it it protects Candice, but it's just like, ah, come on, man. It, it feels like they're basically going to be doing damage control versus Bianca and Friends. Mm. In, at war games in war games um, and Candice has kind of already like teased a few to Bailey so I feel like uh, having having Dakota beat her by the like by distraction mm. damage control match so there's going to be a lot of that um, it it didn't really hurt her it was it wasn't long enough for it to really have much of an effect to be honest okay. it was literally just Candice got distracted. Dakota hit the run of booze and then pinned her. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, there was a little, I forgot to put this down, there was a little backstage segment where Johnny Gargano, as he's walking to the ring, sees the Miz passed out on like some boxes. So obviously like Dexter Loomis is, and he's, he's got like a, a birthday card that's drawn by Dexter. On, <laughs> and Johnny kind of just like laughs and goes, oh, Dexter. Um, and then walks on. Um, this led to Otis versus Johnny Gargano. Um, Johnny getting his first lost on main roster. 
after Theory hits him with the Money in the Bank briefcase and Otis hits the uh, World's Strongest Slam. Um, Theory and Alpha Academy attack Johnny. Braun makes the save and then Braun murders Chad Gable. But there was a nice bit where Chad Gable, German suplex. German suplex like, him like, that's insane. Yeah. Um, they've done a really good job of kind of rehabbing the image of like Chad Gable where even though he's like still goofy heel. Shoosh! He, he's reminding everyone that also he's a very fucking good wrestler. Mm. If they had any sense, they could just treat him like the next Kurt Angle, in my opinion. Like, he's as good. It he feels like it. that. Mm. I really yeah. hope so, because I've got all the time in the world for Chad Gable. I'll watch him. He's awesome. Yeah, he's excellent. Um, endlessly entertaining. Uh, we then get the contract signing between Bailey and Bianca. Um, basically, Bailey's like, "Oh yeah, by the way, um, your friends aren't going to come get come help you because my friends are beating yours up." And then mm. it like shows on the on the Tron. Um, like Asuka's got like a chair wrapped around the leg, and Alexa's just like been like not knocked out, but like knocked down. Um, and then as Bianca, as Bianca's like about to run off Bailey grabs like a, a plat and like pulls her over the table mm-hmm. and then Bianca eventually gets free and like legs it back and Alexa gets really really like spooky and intense like like evil Alexa like stares down the camera challenges EO to a match um, which we get later on uh, Bobby Lashley then uh, as well challenges Seth Rollins to a United States title match which will be happening at time recording tonight on mm-hmm. Raw. Um, just to pull the curtain back, we record it on a Monday. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so Sakawa defeats Angelo Dawkins. This was a good match. It was mainly bloodline stuff going on outside the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fine. Uh, get an Edge promo, which probably the one you would have seen on the yeah, uh, yeah. Extreme Rules. Yeah. Just some kind of running down. I've never quit my career except for when I was forced. Mm. and saying that not he's not going to willingly quit, basically, which is foreshadowing for what might mm-hmm. happen. Um, <clears throat> and then in the main event, um, Eoskai defeats Alexa, uh, damage current troll, beat, beat up the faces to close the show. It's fine. Oh, it wasn't, yeah. wasn't terrible. Um, the Ali versus Lashley match was probably the best match of the night. Mm. Um yeah, it was fine. Um, next to SmackDown, the, the season premiere of SmackDown. Um, Triple H opens the show uh, doing like the kind of We Are NXT thing, but with We Are SmackDown. Um, oh, he, he, did like, he did like a cool bit, but it was almost like, it, it was kind of like WWE when I, I was saying this to you the other day, when uh, they know they've got something that people really like and they start like... And they- Doing force it. it a bit more like overdoing it yeah yeah so like he, he the camera cuts and then it comes back and he's turned the microphone around he's got the qr code on the microphone it's just too blatant at this point isn't it yeah and, and, and to be fair it was because they knew it was like all right we're revealing it at extreme rules yeah um that qr code took you to uh the three little pigs um 
And it was just like, basically, go, let me in, let me in, let me in, let me in, let me in. Mm. And Oscar's the big boy was in the video as well. Um, after the Raw one, which I didn't actually mention, but it was very fucking in-depth. Yeah. It was like a Three Little Pigs video, and then there was a cypher, which was the language from Predator. Oh, wow. Which led to a Dante's Inferno quote, which was like, abandon all hope. All, all, all you enter, yeah. Um, or something along those lines, anyway. And then it took you... It The picture was one half was one thing, and one half was another thing. So you could only open one half of it on a browser, one half of it on a mobile to get the link to the, oh, wow. the part of the website, which was then a picture of Samson and Delilah, which took you to a link of um, of White Rabbit Milk, which is a right. milk giant. Um, it was, as I say, it was very long-winded. <laughs> yeah, clever uh, though. Pretty cool. Yeah. Still clever. Um, yeah, this, this, so this was the first. Also, when the QR code come up, it was on a bit with Alexa and um, Bianca and all that. Mm-hmm. And it come on the screen, and there was a bit where it distorted, where it like deliberately looked like the fiend was behind Alexa. Like, right. like a print of him on the wall. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, back to SmackDown. Uh, we get Bloodline and Logan Paul. Uh, face off. Uh, this was a bit weird because Paul Heyman goes on like a big thing comparing like Logan Paul, different like, celebrities and stuff like that, and well, just problematic people like yeah. Ben Shapiro and Andrew Tate. Yeah, even uh, he went actually less said about him the better, but the point is still mm-hmm. the same. He wouldn't have the balls to stand up to Roman. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then the basically because it was getting derailed a bit. Jay so starting to get like angry about stuff. Mm. Rob confronts Jay. Sammy diffuses it. That bit was great. Um, and then he, yeah, he keeps he basically says, "We're the ones, and you're a big number two. And Logan Paul and Roman both just burst out laughing. <laughs> um, Sammy just doing the Lord's work as per usual. Um, after this, we get Solo Sokoa murder and Ricochet. Uh, this was a really fun match. Mm. Uh, yeah, not much really to say. It was they're just- giving. Sakura, a lot of TV time, aren't they, in terms of matches? Like, I we had him on Raw and on SmackDown in the same I, week. I think they're just trying to like elevate into the same level as like mm. everyone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then there's like a, a backstage thing where Sammy calls uh, Jay a hothead and Roman agrees with Sammy. And then he's like, it, It's your job, Sammy, your responsibility to keep like, keep the Usos in line, which obviously is kind of like, causes murder <laughs> <laughs> and then after the break um sammy and the usos are like walking around the arena um and then you they come up uh <laughs> kofi says that sam they, sam zane is the usos dad um, <laughs> and then xavier wood says you're not you're not their stepfather you're the father that stepped up which <laughs> Alan. Wow! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the, this leads to the bloodline challenge in the new day to find a part, a third man um, to tag with them mm. uh, later in the night. Uh, next, we get Hit Row coming out. 
Um, they get attacked by the debut and Legado del Fantasma. Yes, then. Uh, this was pretty cool. Um, so it, Legado had like the masks on, like they were doing when they first debuted. Mm-hmm. Um, and they all unmasked. Zelina Vega is with them as well. She's managing them now. Um, yeah. So Electra Lopez is, I don't uh, know where. She's, I think, basically just gone back to NXT. Don't worry oh, about it. Okay. Yeah. No, I won't. I won't. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know much about her from asking Aaron. He said he didn't think she was quite ready for me anyway. So yeah, I agree. Probably a blessing in disguise for her. Um, yeah. Next, we got Shotzi and Raquel defeating Sonya Deville and Zaylee. Yeah, sure. Cool. Um, <laughs> and then uh, carrying Cross and Drew Brawl. This is quite cool. So Cross makes his entrance, and as he's like doing the sort of like bit where he's like flexing in the ring, Drew just kind of popped up behind them. Like that time when he like popped up behind the Undertaker, mm-hmm. uh, and he just stopped brawling. Um, Drew tries to put the um, strap on cross, they get security, pull them apart, and then cross ends up getting advantage of them and choking them out. Um, yeah, just basically made to make cross look like a beast, yeah, uh, which is what they've been kind of building towards. Mm. I feel like he's going to be one of Roman's next challenges, yeah. Um, <clears throat> we then got a Viking Raiders vignette where it's a woman who's quite clearly Sarah Logan. Um, <laughs> In, stood in front of the shields and she says like Valhalla awaits. Uh, it's quite it's quite cool. It's really yeah. well shot. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm I'm intrigued by this. Mm. Uh, the first time they've used her either in a um, Viking Raiders thing recently. Yeah, like they kind of they allude to it every now and then, don't they? Like, but to actually associate her with it properly now, it's quite cool. Yeah, makes sense to bring her in. She's. Um, She's Eric's wife, mm. and you know, yeah. the, might as well. She's a good wrestler as well. She lives uh, the Viking life. She's a good wrestler. Yeah, I, I think it, it's cool that they're kind of adding a little bit more depth to like a few teams, and yeah, uh, as well. Like it, it just add it adds to it. There's a lot of potential for various feuds. Mm. Uh, speaking of feuds, next we get Braun Strowman the New Day versus Sammy and the Usos. Um, Basically, the new they get a pin over Jimmy Uso because Sammy and Jay are just arguing at ringside and don't realize what's happening. <laughs> um, and then, like, Braun comes along and just plows both of them over the uh, announce table. Um, yeah, and uh, that's it. That takes us to a uh, new day versus the Usos, probably a crown jewel. I imagine so. I think it's good as well because the Usos are about to break the New Day's, New Day's record. Yeah, record. So it would make sense that their last match before they break the record is against the people that hold the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be cool. To be fair, I feel like we've not. I could be wrong. I feel like we've not had a New Day and Usos like proper matching for Asia. I know there was a, a spell where they kind of kept going back to the well, but they have really good chemistry. Like the Hell in the Cell match yeah. stands out to me. Like yeah. as a really good one. They're like um, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, where they're they're they'll always be feuding. Yeah, great feuding. You just go back to and yeah, you know we're going to have a good time. Yeah, you Um, can tell they get on well. I was watching some up, up, down, down the other day, 
and they use those like feature regularly on that. You can tell they all get on really well, and that comes across like in their, in their chemistry and matches and stuff like that. All, like, it's just seamless. Backstage, don't they? They all what? Sorry, they all play tech and backstage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kofi Kingston's an Kofi's absolute. Kofi's just an, an absolute menace. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So uh, it, it, it's it's good. I, I'm I'm always happy to see them wrestling. Yeah, um, me too. And I think as well, they're two of the two of the best tag teams in the world. That like probably the only ones that I'd say would maybe fall above them would be FDR and the Young Bucks. Yeah, at this point, um, Aussie Open, Aussie Open. Once they once they've got a bit more like of a body of work, mm. like not, not I say body of work. Once they've got a bit more of a mainstream body of work. Yeah, yeah. And they've had a few more matches in New Japan and stuff like that. I think they'll, mm. they'll be in the argument for sure. Um, right. <clears throat> um, next, we get Maxine Dupree finding that Max has beaten up Marseille and Mansoir. Um, Mansoir. <laughs> um, and she's like, Max, why have you done this? She's like, don't you call me Max. I'm L.A. Knight. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Also, we've got uh, LA Knight versus Mansoir next week. Nice. Um, oh, I'm glad he's back. <laughs> the fucking pop he got. Yeah. When he said I'm LA Knight was a boss. I was yeah. fucking idle. Yeah. Um, and then after this, we got the rematch of Gunter versus Sheamus. Electric um, Boogaloo. Yeah. Not as good as the clash match, in my opinion. Agreed. But I believe it. I, I think it was as much down to the fact that there was a lot of interference as it was that obviously because the TV match there's like breaks in between and you kind of you can you without picture and picture you kind of lose yourself like like your investment in the match. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, Drawn away from it. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. That this was a very divisive finish. So. Gunther did what in MMA is called a Brazilian tap, which is where you fake tap out. Right. Because you got to tap three times. He tapped twice. So oh, then okay. Just broke the clover leaf. Thinking that he tapped. Thinking that he won. He was arguing with the referee. Um, and then Gunther got handed the shillelagh, clothesline Seamus with the shillelagh in his hand, and then won the match. Um, ah, I didn't or, know that. I, like, I saw it, but I didn't know that was the the tap at. Like, there's a name or a, for it or whatever. I I only knew about it because, um, like Sean Ross Sapp was tweeting about it. God, he's done a Brazilian tap and then explained what it was. And I was like, oh, that's actually genuinely really clever. Yeah. yeah. If you don't know what it is, it's mm. and those people who are like, oh, well, you only tap twice. You meant to tap three times, and then. In the end, like Ludwig Kaiser tweeted out going that this is why. Um to kind of explain it. Right. Is always a bit of a worry when they've got to explain mm. the kind of spot, but at the same time, it was a cool spot. I thought it yeah. was good. No, that's um, clever. It's very clever. Yeah. Uh, and that takes us to extreme rules. Aye. Um, so the opening match in a Donny Brook match. Sorry, good old fashioned Donny Brook match, mate. That's the one. <laughs> uh, rolling brutes defeated in Imperium. This was a probably match of the night. I think. I'll say. I'll say it now. This was my my match of the night. I love yeah. this. 
it was really good. Yeah. Are we gonna we're we gonna give them a quick rating out of five each match? We can do if you want. I'm I'm going to give that a four out of five. I think four is fair. Yeah, I loved it. Um, next for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey defeated Liv Morgan. Mm, an extreme rules match. It was, yeah. Um, <laughs> it, was it, an... it just didn't. It didn't feel like it quite got going. It was just. I thought it was a bit shit. Yeah, it was a bit disjointed. It, it just uh... out, out of five. What would you give it? Two and a half. I'd I'd go two. Yeah. That that there was a little bit of character development for Liv around this where. Mm. As Ronda's got like the submission hold on her, Liv starts like laughing. She's yeah. laughing at the match. And then on WWE's Twitter, Megan Moran found Liv like kind of hiding in the shadows, like having a bit of a meltdown. Mm. Um, and since on her Twitter page, she's blacked out everything. Yeah. As has someone else we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> um, next, Karrion Cross defeated Drew McIntyre in a strap match after Scarlet sprayed Drew with Mace. Um, this was fine. Uh, it was all right. The crowd were f- pretty flat for it. I thought, like, I watched it back, and it was just. I I think that the Ronda Live match killed the crowd a bit. Mm. Um, yeah, it it wasn't too bad. In fact, I'm gonna I'm gonna change my rating. Ronda and 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 Live. I'll give a two. I'll give this a two and a half. Yeah, I'd probably give this a two and a half. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was fine, it, as you say. Yeah, it did what it needs to do story wise, mm. not moving the earth. Um, next, Bianca Belair retained the Raw Women's title in a ladder match against Bailey. Now, we said <laughs> we thought one of the titles would change, but if one did, the other one couldn't. Yeah. And of the two, we I feel like around. this was the one that we thought it would change on. Yeah, and I feel like the in danger of of Bianca's reign, not overstaying its welcome because I think that she's still got stuff she can do with it for sure. Mm. But I feel like the momentum that Bailey had from coming back, it would have been to... time for her to take the bell off Bianca and then get Bianca to yeah. maybe win it back around the rumble. Mm-hmm. At Bailey happened for like a couple of months just to kind of prolong the feud. Um mm. Yeah, this match was a bit weird. I felt it went a little bit too long. Um, I felt that this was a criticism I made of the two of them last time they feuded. I felt like they didn't really have much chemistry. Yeah. Um, I feel this... Sorry, go on. I was going to say, there was a few ladder spots where they were like a bit... They weren't quite on the same page. A bit hesitant, yeah. I feel of the two, I preferred this to... The other oh, women's championship uh, match, like this, was definitely better. Um, but yeah, like I, I think you said, like after the interference as well, like damage control got involved, didn't they? And you felt it kind of. Yeah, I felt that should have led to the finish, not like another five, ten minutes or whatever. Yeah, or how long it was? I don't know. I could be wrong. There, there, was, yeah. there was another five minutes, like after. Mm. And- it didn't really add anything to the match because Bailey and Bianca were going for the same spot they were going for before damage control going for mm-hmm. So yeah. like, oh, what's the point? Um, um out of five. Probably give it like I don't know, 
2.75. Yeah, I was going to say three, maybe. Yeah, two, uh, two, two and a half. Two and a half. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Um, again, I think it just went a little bit too long. Mm. Um, speaking of matches that went long, fuck me. But this was, <laughs> this was actually like a good one for once. Yeah. Uh, Finn Balor defeated Edge in an I quit match after uh, Rhea Ripley threatened to concerto Edge. Well, Judgment Day held onto it. Uh, concerto bet, sorry. Well, Judgment Day held onto Edge. Um, Called it. Yeah, they literally, they, they must have watched Super Strong Style 16. <laughs> uh, For those that haven't, go and watch you. Well, you watch the whole thing, but specifically Day 2 and very specifically Spike Treve against Kyra Noir because the the spot's exactly the same. Yes. And that's not to say a bad thing. Look, it, it was very good. It was, but... it was very well done. Um, yeah, this, uh, this was quite a good match. Uh, Edge and Finn brawled all over the place, took some really nasty bumps at times. Mm. Uh, though, uh, Judgment Day come down, uh, Ray come down to make the save. Dominic maintained risk control and stamped his dad's head in. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't didn't rip his mask open and brain buster him on the steps like Eddie did to him, but you know, Vegas users um, like his real dad, like his real dad did. <laughs> uh, and yeah, Rhea hit a horrible looking concerto on Beth. Why that was rough. Yeah, at are, the we, end. are we going to talk about Finn's mask? Finn's, which which weirdly Ryan was like he's been wearing the phrase like he fucking hasn't. I I've not seen it. Uh, but apparently <clears throat> Kanye West has worn one exactly the same. I don't know if it's recently or a mm. while ago, but someone put up a comparison, but it looks exactly the same. I thought it was a cool look. Like I I don't think he needed it, but it was no. it was different, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And also they've tweaked his music. I don't know if that's a new thing as well. Like it's a slightly slowed uh, down version of his his other music. He's had that for a couple of weeks. All okay. of Weirdly, all of Judgment Day have got individual music as well as the faction music. That's cool. They've all got. New, I don't mind that. They've all got new individual music. Yeah, that's um, cool. Yeah, Rhea Ripley's is by um, Motionless and White. If you've heard of them, yes, I have. Yeah, nice. Chris Motionless, um, which is a very, very uh, creative name for a singer. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he actually put a video out saying he was like really like thrilled to be there and he loves Rhea Ripley. So that was That's quite cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I thought this was quite a good match. Um, probably give it 3.75. What about you? Uh, yeah, three and a half. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, and next we got, well, finally, we got the fight pit. Um, Matt Riddle defeated Seth Rollins um, with Daniel Cormier as the special guest referee. Aye. Yeah, uh, this is fun, man. It was nice to see the fight pit again. For those that haven't seen it, it was uh, a stipulation used twice previously in NXT. Uh, yeah. Timothy Thatcher featured in both of those matches as well, I believe. Yeah, he beat Riddle and then he beat Champer as well. That was it. Yeah, it was cool. They they tweaked the pits slightly, though, didn't they, for, yeah. for WWE, so that the top was caged off, uh, whereas yeah. previously in NXT, it was more like a kind of yeah, uh, railings. Yeah, yeah. Um, it makes sense. It's a much bigger setup. I think when they had it in the performance center, there wasn't really much else around it in terms of a crowd. Well, so. They had steps going like going up to the top as opposed to lowering yeah. into the 
Yeah. It was like a standalone structure, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, I enjoyed this. Though. This is this is pretty cool. Like I like the addition of Daniel Cormier as well. There's a couple of moments of interaction there, like where one of them would accidentally sort of hit him or knock into him and he had to have a word of them. Um but yeah, he didn't kind of overstay or not overstay, but overstep his the mark within that match. He didn't overshadow it, but it was it was cool to see him there. It um, reminded me of the Brett Austin I quit match with Ken Shamrock where yeah. he was he made he made his presence known, but not to the point where he took away from the match. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Um notable moment in this that scatty fucking jump off the top from Riddle, uh, where it looked like he'd absolutely bust his tailbone in half. Yeah, well, we kind of like speculated because it the, the match ended quite abruptly after that. Mm. And it it was one of them where you could you could say it was down to time, you could say it was down to that. It felt like it was oh fuck, he's got injured. Let's just quickly Yeah. Like scream and in pain as well. Yeah. Um <clears throat> but yeah, it, it was a good match. Yeah, what would you get that out of? Three and a half as well. Yeah. I'm probably yeah. three and a half. Yeah. I felt it was good. Um the ending did hit it a little bit for me. And I felt like in in the in the other ones, I felt like the reason I enjoyed it was because it it was somebody who was like a lot more of like a sort of like brawler, whereas mm-hmm. Roland a lot more kind of flashy. So it was a bit I don't want to say sports entertaining, but it was a bit like Yeah, I get you. Yeah. It it, yeah, it felt it was it had been kind of sanitized a bit for the main roster. Mm. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And then, yeah, nothing else happened on the show. Uh, Nout. Nothing at all. Credits like, roll. Um, Go home nice and happy. Send the uh, fans home happy, aye. Yeah. Let's <laughs> uh, talk about it. So the lights go down. It was cool the way they did it. They did the NXT thing where they have, like, the watermark. Because we, yeah. we were sat there and we were like, fuck off, they're not doing this, surely. And, as like, the lights go down and then off completely. Um and then, like, a creepy voice is singing. He's got the whole world in his hands. Before that happened, like, Michael Cole, like, you can hear him on commentary. He's like, are we still live? Like, are we still on air? Yeah. And so, like, adding like adding the cell to it, which I thought was pretty cool. It was after the first line, wasn't it? That some, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah Ma- Michael Cole did brilliantly with this, to be fair. Mm. Again, it, it's, like, it, it's little nuances like that, where, like, under Vince, he would have been having them, like, go, say this, say this. Mm-hmm. The fact that it's like just act confused, just confused, and just let the thing breathe and just play out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, it does the first like like first half of it, just playing. Everyone with the fireflies up, um, and then the second half, it after each one like a light goes on a different member of the firefly funhouse, but it's like a person dressed them. Yeah, um, full now, size. Yeah, now there's a, a lot of speculation of who this is. Uh, whether it's an actual person who's being called up in this role or whether it's going to be somebody else. Obviously, it's being teased that it's going to be why it's got a new faction. Mm. I know I saw on Twitter that Joe Gacy was playing Huskers the Pig Boy and... um, Grayson Waller. Grayson Waller was playing Mercy the Buzzard. Mm. Um, There's a couple of other little bits as well, which I saw on Twitter today, which hadn't noticed where Abby the Witch had two belts straight next to her. 
Yeah, someone said that, but I think there were just fan replica belts that were draped over like where they were sat. I don't think it was anything linked to it. No, because no one sat there. You sure? Mm. It was a, it was like on a on a thing away from where any fans were. Well, I'll have to go back and rewatch that because I it was, a, it was, that was. like a picture from a different angle. I was like, hey, hang on, that's that's actually nowhere near anyone. Um, okay. Was, I believe it was a Raw Women's Title and mm. a Women's Tag Title, which makes people think could be Nikki Cross. Um. <clears throat> Uh, also, the another little cool uh, Easter egg on uh, Abby the Witch was instead of a actual like face, she had um, Brody Lee's mask that he wore on the Bludgeon oh, from Brothers. the Bludgeon Brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A nice. That touch. was nice. That's um, really nice. Also, the other Brody thing was that there was like a doorway to come down, and like there was blue light shining out like Brody's AW entrance where he was the exalted one. Mm. You know, Bray's obviously done that. Uh, yeah. So yeah, once it's done all, they've gone through all the characters. Um, there's oh, there's a just before after Abby the Witch, there's like a severed fiend head on the table. And well, like, he announced this. Michael just freaks out and runs off, <laughs> um, and then after that it goes and it's there's someone dressed as a fiend, where Abby the Witch was. Um, and then the lights go out. That got a big pop. Like everyone oh, thought that that was it. Like that pop. huge pop, wasn't it? That and even then, if it was just that, that would have been cool. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, that got a huge pop. And then it goes up to the screen, and it shows like the Firefly Funhouse, and it's fallen in disrepair. There's like dust and cobwebs everywhere. Like, the music's all playing kind of backwards and warps like, and stuff, isn't it? Like distorted version of the the Funhouse theme. Uh, the TV comes on and um, a, a new mask is on there and it says, who killed the world? You did. Who killed the world? We did. Mm. And then the door swings open. The blue lantern is shown. Uh, and it's Nick, and it's Nick Gage. It's Nick Gage. MDK, mums, dads and kids. Um, <laughs> no, it's... Uh, this man in the mask comes out, Nark Excalibur. Um, he takes the mask off and it's Bray Wyatt. Everyone yes, loses boy. their fucking mind. That's a fucking pop and a half, that was. That's one of the best returns I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, man. Sure. Um, he says something into the camera, um, but you can't hear it because the fans are that loud. They're drowned it out. I did. I, I watched it back. You can hear it if you turn it up loud enough. What's he say? I'm sure he just says, I'm back or we're back or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then he blows the lantern out and mm. show ends. Um, oh, that was yeah. outstanding. Uh, very, very, very cool. Mm. So the person, obviously, who said about Liv Morgan blacking out her Twitter, the other person who has is Seth Rollins. Um, mm. But Seth did the same, like Sarah pointed out on the Discord. He did this like a year or so ago as well, didn't he? Mm. Seth did. Yeah. Like the live one makes more sense given the little clip they then showed on, on social media afterwards. Did you see a thing Grayson Wall put up as well? No. He did like a video on, it was either Instagram or Twitter where he was just talking. He had like a Hawaiian shirt on similar to Mercy the Buzzards. Right. 
and he like leans forward and in the background's like the Bray, um, the Fiend's like um, Lantern, like the severed head, the Bray one. Oh, no way. And then he kind of like goes, ooh, and just covers it. Yeah, uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. He's, oh. he's currently embroiled in a feud with uh, Apollo oh. at the moment when they're making each other's eyes bleed. It's really weird. Yeah, well, maybe that's m- more spooky shit, isn't it, to get him all the effect into Wyatt Six. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah uh, what an ending. At the end as well, when it, after it fades to black, the new kind of like Bray Wyatt logo, which is like a moth with the Fiend's face on it. Hmm. Um, Raw just become must watch, didn't it, tonight? Yeah, man. Absolutely. I think, I think they're probably going to do what they've been doing with a couple of like acts as well that they're trying to like sort of elevate and have them on both shows. Mm. Um, but then they also run the risk of like overexposing them too quickly. Uh, an interesting thing the fight put out was that when they asked about it, they said it wasn't the full White Rabbit reveal, it was just part of it, which would indicate that there's more people to come with Bray. Um, it it's yeah, it's exciting times. It's exciting. He's been teased yeah, off since like July, mm-hmm. um, which would indicate that he's probably been signed since July. Um, yeah, just it's really yeah. exciting. It is. Uh, what so yeah. like so when that when that moth thing came up, mm. um, it was. The old soundbite of when he was just was going under Bray Wyatt, like the Wyatt family thing, which makes me think, is he going to go back to like a bit more of the cult leader thing? Because if he does, that was awesome. That was superb, like really, really good. I feel like it's going to be like an amalgamation of everything, like a whole new thing. Yeah. I, f- I saw a few people speculate on Twitter that it could be a kind of like a three faces of Foley type thing. Well, that's what they try to do with... Um... The Fiend and... Firefly Bray, Bray. Mm. Um, and obviously this new ma- mask is completely different from anybody. Mm. Um, it was designed by Jason Baker, who designed the Fiend mask. Yeah, uh, and a lot of the Fiend props. He also uh, the film The Black Phone, where mm-hmm. the mask is almost identical. Yeah, to I was going to say it's very, 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 very similar, got, isn't it? Got the same like mouth uh, on it. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> he designed that so yeah um, very excited about this uh, overall before we move on to AW uh, what was your grade for Extreme Rules 3.75 yeah I'd probably say the same yeah I mean I can make it a 4 just with Bray's return I, I feel but- like and elevates the whole show. I felt the show wasn't bad, but it wasn't anything special either. It was not hit and miss. It was sporadic. Like the opener, Brawling Brutes and Imperium, oh, awesome, was brilliant. The uh, last two were good. The last two matches are good, and everything else in between was a bit like, uh... yeah, um, yeah. That's it. That's fair. Yeah. Right, uh, if you listen on Jacks, uh, we're going to play White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane because, come on. Makes so sense. on brand. <laughs> uh, yeah, if you're not, um, well, we'll talk about some AW. Oh. Yeah. Right, so first of all, back to uh, with AW. Um, quick one about Bray Wyatt. Uh, Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has reported that negotiations between AW and Bray were so close 
they'd actually agreed on a date for his debut. But both sides couldn't agree on a contract. Wow. Yeah, that's, Jeez. that's wild, isn't it? Imagine if he had a fucking shown up there. Mm. Like, oh, God, it would have. The thing is, do you think, and uh, you know, it could have been something different had he debuted in AEW, but with what he does, do you think that fits AEW? I know we've, we had House of Black, which is the equivalent kind of spooky thing. It's not quite <laughs> to the same level. Do you think something of that works in something like AEW? To your point earlier on, you were saying about, you know, WWE is obviously very much more entertainment focused. AEW's a little bit more kind of diehard wrestling focused. Does something like that fit in there or is it better positioned in WWE? I think with Bray's such a zeitgeist that he'd make it work. Hmm. And you'd you'd with Bray as well, he's as again, he's such a people fucking love him. Hmm. That wherever he goes, you just go, yeah, just do what you want. <laughs> you, you, you're a fucking you're a fucking genius. Just do you do you you yeah. do you fuck ton of money. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on. Um, just thought I'd just throw that in there because it's quite interesting. Yeah. Um, Sammy Guevara and Andrade El Idolo had a Twitter spat, which led to a physical confrontation between the two at this week's Dynamite. Andrade was suspended, and people within the company think he was trying to get fired so we could return to WWE. Um, I mean, that sounds like a reach. He uh, basically was like, "Oh yeah." Um, uh, I not that not that I have, but I could talk to Triple H whenever I want. In this interview, if and then if he was trying to get himself fired to go to WWE, would you not just ask for your release instead of looking like a dickhead and getting into well, a fight? They've, I think they've like said they're not granting properly like proper releases. If you get what I mean, like they they're doing they're only doing it like conditional ones. Um, right. As in, like a a break, um, just because of the the length of the contract design, like Malachi Black, yeah, break rather than a yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's just oh, it, it, I don't it know. Sound, it sounds like there's a little bit more to it than meets the eye. Like the fact sounds that, like Sammy Guevara being a little shit. Well, on Twitter, <laughs> actually, to be fair, I thought that, but it feels more like it's Andrade who's in the wrong here. So on Twitter. Uh, Andrade said I'll see you Wednesday and then ap- apparently like someone from AW had said to him like this is all going from what Meltzer basically said as a uh, had said to him like just so you know you, you won't get fired if you get into a fight with me we'll just, we'll just suspend you and then Andrade just went over and started swinging <laughs> what? yeah so yeah, um, it, it, he's got he's got a lot of heat on him as well, but they both have because obviously, a couple of weeks after the brawl out incident, last thing they want is more negative PR when the they're when, already under the microscope. Yeah, and the thing as well is that they've they've been putting on consistently better, like a consistently better product because they've just gone, oh, let's just focus on putting on really good matches. Mm. Like got completely back to basics, which they have, and it's been. It's a shame, though. Like to force a hand, it shouldn't take for that to happen. For it to be like, oh, we're putting on some really good stuff, and that's not to say they put on bad stuff because they don't. But it shouldn't be like, 
oh, we're reacting to that situation and suddenly everything's kind of be- on screen stuff is better because people are scrapping behind the scenes. I don't, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's uh, the on screen stuff better because of that. I think it's just they've kind of gone, let's just go completely back to basis. Let's not overthink stuff because obviously a big point of contention was CM Punk got his fucking knickers in the Swiss because Hangman Page brought something up and he didn't like it. Mm. And that was yeah. like part of the crux come from. So they've just kind of gone, well, let's just, let's just do this. Let's just focus on this. Yeah. Make it as, not not as black and white, but as close to black and white as you possibly can. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as I say, I think the, the product's been very good recently. Mm. Certainly the best it's been all year, in my opinion. But yeah, um, I think a large part of that, just a transition, is uh, because of John Moxley, the AW world champion. Um, and probably the rest of the year, isn't he? Yeah, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to come close to him. <laughs> like, like well, always. it it doesn't feel like. Well, I'll, I'll let you read this first. I'll let you read this first. Um, so he signed a five year deal with AEW, keeping him in the company until twenty twenty seven. He's also going to be a trainer and a mentor to the younger wrestlers as well as wrestling. And um, apparently, he's worked the entire summer without a contract and on a handshake agreement. Um, he'll also be allowed to work for AEW's international partners, including New Japan and AAA. But it Good will, news. Lim- will limit his indie dates, yeah. which leads to the yeah. next bit. Your next bit. Yeah, no, it's, that's it's bloody good news. Really, really good news. Um, just And it's a slight diversion away, but it's like, how many times has Mox won the... AW Championship now three four three. or interim like I lose count. Inter interim doesn't doesn't properly count because of the way it was like because essentially there to just be unified with the world title right. So it's like it, it's essentially like a, a glorified number one contenders. Right, like, right, right. Like you're because you're the number one contender, you're the de facto champion, mm. isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I just like. Certainly while it was like the interim belt, where if that doesn't mean anything, it's essentially a number one contenders thing. I think they could have maybe used that to elevate someone else. Like if it doesn't mean you're champion, if you're just a number one contender, instead of just, and that's not to say Mox isn't deserving of being champion, but it's like, well, what else are you doing with everyone else there? Like there's other people that could be put in that, like even on a temporary basis as an interim thing. I think he was just the biggest star they had. That was like okay, we've like because because they lost CM Punk, who was arguably the biggest draw they had. Mm. Who's the second biggest draw that we've got? Then we can have a money match with down the line. Mm. I mean, it, it worked out for them. I guess I personally I would have given it to Brian, maybe back to Hangman. I I think Brian. Well. At the time as well, what you've got to remember with the interim was that Brian was injured. Oh, dropped. was this his ankle or foot injury or something? It, no, it was when he had the concussion. Oh, right, right, right. I was thinking of when he tripped and fell down the side of the, the ring or whatever it was. Oh, no, that, that, that was, was uh, much longer ago. That was work. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was to set up Arcade Anarchy. Not Arcade Anarchy, oh. Anarchy in the arena. Um, oh, all right. Yeah. There we go. Um, Brian was injured, so at the time, Mox was the only real 
feasible person because he wasn't in a program going sure. to the door. Fair yeah. enough. So it was just essentially, oh, well, because it was initially meant to be Punk defending against Tanahashi. Okay. He just basically went, well, let's put John Moxley in that role instead because he's not doing anything on the show right now. Yeah. And we've been wanting to book Tanahashi and Mox for fucking ages. Yeah. Um, ah, fair enough. Yeah. Um, one, one thing that did happen this weekend was John Moxley um, dropped the GCW world title to Nick Gage in a title versus career match. Um, AW reportedly tried to get John Moxley to not work the show. Um, and they did end up getting Stokely Hathaway and um, W. Morrissey to interfere to basically protect Mox. Um, apparently, Mox insisted on working uh, the show, and AW have been trying to stop contracted talent working with GCW for months ago to fight for select. Um, Why? The only thing I can kind of put it down to is because GCW will eventually be competition for Ring of Honor. Oh, okay. But also the other thing it could be is that because they're having so many injuries and they've had a lot of like wrestlers getting injured on outside bookings. Got you. Probably just trying to tighten the net around. Yeah, the fair enough. So you're not sending like especially like a, a top star like Mox going to like GCW, working a death match and then coming back with like mm. yeah, yeah. Like, fucking um, like Moxley's literally holding that company together like fucking Samson. <laughs> um, speaking of Samson, he also had a Delilah. Um, people in WWE believe that Rene Paquette will be joining her husband John Moxley in AEW soon after they contacted her about getting back. Um, yeah. Just nice. Do it. Be happy with that. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Whatever, whatever she does, Rennie brings something different than anyone else to like TV. Whether she's doing commentary, which I doubt it because they've got like about 10 commentators. Mm. Whether she's doing a, a talk show, some kind of like online, co- like YouTube content, whatever it is, she's, she's going to bring something brilliant to the product. Yeah. Um, and finally, before we rattle through all the AWTV stuff, um, this is one that I'm happy about, and you probably are as well. Kanosuke Takeshita is set to return to AW in the coming weeks. He recently pulled out of an indie date in America that was the same day as Full Gear, which would indicate there's going to be some meaty stuff that he's going to be doing. Just Cinnabon-related activities. I'm, fucking... I'm trying to think who I want to wrestle first. Pack would be nice. That'd be good. I quite like Pack. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see though. Uh, yeah. But yeah, happy to see Takeshi back. He's fucking yeah, absolutely. Um, right, let's rattle through Dynamite now, like <laughs> like because there's three AEW shows to go through. Um, oh boy! <clears throat> in the opening match, which was an absolute banger, MJF defeated Wheelie Uta. Uh, after the match, the interesting thing is Uta offers MJF a handshake. MJF considers, and as he's about to, Lee Moriarty attacks Uther. And then Stokely Hathaway basically coerces MJF to like hitting Uther with the dynamite diamond ring. And MJF, very reluctant, um, mm. lose on commentary, um, puts the brass knuckles on and like runs off MJF essentially. Because um, you, you're not going to fuck with Regal with brass knuckles. Definitely not. <laughs> all, 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 uh, to just quickly mention Regal's uh, chat line on Excalibur this week, he said, 
Oh, man in the mask, you treacle tart. You had like to smother you in custard and eat you up. Um, <laughs> in what's my favorite storyline in all of wrestling? <laughs> gonna end up in an Excalibur doing the sex on television. <laughs> uh, next up, next up, we've got. Uh, have you have you not seen that? I have <laughs> seen it. Oh, it was just, just what Re- you said. <laughs> Re- Regal just chatting up to Excalibur. We'll send a picture of him. It's hilarious. He's just leaning over. <laughs> oh, the one, the one from Excalibur's Instagram. <laughs> oh. I, I love as well. Did you see him? Someone put that made that thing where it was like you put your the first letter you, of your first name, the first letter of your surname, um, and it'll give you what whatever Regal will say to you. And Excalibur like retweeted them and put. This is as if someone's heard the conversation that's happened backstage. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, brilliant. Regal just <laughs> lost the job. Um, anyway, next we had Darby Allen defeating Jay Lethal. Uh, it was, what was weird about this was they did the handshake thing again. Um, mm. But Jay Lethal and Darby actually shook hands. Uh, Darby had basically challenged Jay to come do the match without Satnam and Sunjay there. Uh, they tried to get involved at the end, and Jay was a bit annoyed with them. Um, yeah, this was this was fine. It was a good match. Yeah. Uh, next in a match that was way better than I expected to be, Wardlow and Brian Cage tore the house down. Uh, yeah. the title match. Uh, after the match, um, Gates of Agony attacked Wardlow, um, Samoa Joe, and then FTR make the save. Uh, FTR's pop was huge. It was like yes, a warrior pop. Expected, so. expected. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, they, as I say, this week's dynamite was really good. Um, mm. this, um, Britt Baker it does like a little backstage thing where she says Soraya isn't medically cleared. I'm sure not. will come with that. Um, and then we got a six woman tag match: uh, Tony Storm, Athena, and Willow Nightingale defeat with Soraya in their corner. Defeat Jamie Hater, Serena Deven, Penelope. Penelope. Um, <laughs> with Rebel at ringside uh, after Willow Nightingale hits a doctor bomb on Penelope. Um, good to see Willow pick up the win. After right. the um Britt and Soraya start brawling, and Britt Baker punches Soraya in the neck a lot, which would indicate that she's been cleared. <laughs> You'd um, fucking hope so. <laughs> you hope so. I suppose, like, Brits are really fucking safe worker, isn't she? Like, yeah, yeah. So for for a first match back to get a comfortable, you can't have a more much more safer pair of hands than either. Mm. The only the only thing they've got to worry about Brit is her breaking her own fucking nose. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it, um, obviously Soraya didn't look immensely comfortable because she's not done anything physical like that for yeah a while, but she. Still, it's it got a huge pop, and it was exciting to see. Um, and I think the eventual Soraya and Brit match will be really fun. Fucking right, man. Um, Get out of full gear, maybe. Probably. When is full gear? In November. So, what do you think? That might be a bit early if she's six, if she's a bit nah, rusty. Six weeks to build. I just meant in terms of like you saying Soraya is a bit rusty. Like, is that a bit uh, early to rush her in, or if she's training for six weeks, she'll be alright. Fair. Um. Next, we got the National Scissoring Day address. Uh, this this was done like um, 
the DX promo where they were like yeah. doing the presidential address. It was fucking great. <laughs> uh, they they said they were gonna because we were in Washington DC as well. They said they're gonna unite the parties and get everybody to scissor. Um, and as as they're about to, that absolute bastard piece of shit swerve comes out and interrupts it <laughs> and says he wants to wrestle Daddy Ass in Toronto, uh, which is happening next week. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, I, I've been dying for this match. Um, he, he said he says that Rock beats Scissors, and then Smart Mark Stalin comes out and says, "Yeah, but Paper beats Rock," and tries to get um, the acclaimed to sign his petition to get Swear fired. Um, the acclaimed uh, then hit Mark Stalin with the new move, which is basically the Dudley's uh, wishbone thing they do, or the, the headbutt. Yeah, 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 yeah. Scissor me timbers. Um, Scissor me timbers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, the acclaimed and daddy ass all scissor in the middle of the ring to send the crowd home happy. Jesus Christ. Hey, hey everybody loves the acclaimed. Sure. You, you fucking love the acclaimed. Ah, they're all right, aren't they? Daddy ass. Um, next, we are Anna JAS and Ty Mello um, confronting Sky Blue and Madison Rain, set up a match on Rampage. Uh, yeah. Cool. Um, ma- match of the night for me because it was just really fucking stiff. Hangman Page versus Roosh. Um, they knocked fucking lumps out of each other. Um, <laughs> There was a bit where Roosh blocked the buckshot lariat with a headbutt, which was fucking horrible. Fucking <laughs> hell. Yeah. Wow. Um, they they kicked the shit out of each other. Um, and yeah, Hangman eventually murders Roosh with a buckshot. Uh, after the match, um, Roosh and Private Party try to beat up Hangman. Mox comes out like an angry dad. Um he gets in Hangman's face and he says, "Like you're like the last man standing who I've not faced. I've not beaten an AW, and we're kind of like we kind of like rose to the top together." Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's like, "I can't." He, he says, he basically says, "Like I can't wait to face you in, in the match we're gonna have." Um, and Hangman's like, "Why don't you fight me now?" And then Mox like turns around, like, "I'm gonna let this one slide because you're a sweet kid." but you say stupid shit and it gets you in trouble sometimes. Um, <laughs> as if to say, if you say anything stupid like that again, I'm going to fucking murder you. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I cannot wait for Mox vs. Hangman. It's going to be so good. Yeah. Probably going to make me list a match of the year, I reckon. I don't see <laughs> a world where that doesn't happen. Um, next, we've got Willow Nightingale calling out Jay Cargill for Battle of Elves 4 after picking up a win. Um, Hurry up and give Willow her all elite graphic, please, Tony. Yes. Um, then we got Luchasaurus, Murder and a, fr- a Fuego del Sol variant or Fuego del Sol. Who knows? There's so many of them. Um, <laughs> Jungle Boy Jack Perry uh, comes out and challenges Luchasaurus to a match. Christian says it'll be on his terms. So in Toronto next week. Um, yes, please. And in the main event, um, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho defeat. The team of Daniel Bryan, or sorry, Daniel Garcia and Brian Danielson. Um, and well, Daniels, <laughs> Daniel Bryan, because you know, yeah, um, yeah, sure. Um, it, it, this was really good. It was essentially just 
Danielson and Garcia kicking the fuck out of Sammy. The crowd were chatting, fuck you, Sammy. Or, or as, my- as it should be. Yeah. Um, Sammy does pick up the pin on Garcia after Jericho hits Garcia with the Ring of Honor title. Disagree with that. And he threw Danielson through the announce table. Yeah, uh, disagree with that. That's yeah, not good. This is all to set up um, Danielson versus Jericho next week uh, for the Ring of Honor title. Yeah. Um, right, let's get to Rampage. Um, so in the opening match, uh, Blackpool Combat Club, the team of Claudio Castagnoli, John Moxley and Wheelie Utah defeat Roosh and the Private Party. Um, this was great again. Just lots of murder. Private <laughs> Party getting thrown around like they were fucking... Ragdolls. Ragdolls. Um, like the bouncers were throwing them out with the Private Party. Uh, <laughs> Sling your hook. Yeah, they won. Uh, Utah um, debuted a new submission finisher. It was a bicep something. It was a bicep vice maybe. Basically, it was kind of like he wrapped his leg between their arms with one leg and he used the other leg to kind of wrap their arm, their arm around the leg. It looked look, didn't look too comfortable until <laughs> you saw a proper look of it and was like, oh no, actually, that looks horrible. Oh, okay. <laughs> Next, we got um, Josh Woods and Tony Nee squashing the Varsity Blondes after the match. Smart Mark Sterling reveals he's trademarked the name Varsity. So, um, the Varsity Blondes can't use it anymore. And he starts referring to Neeson Woods as the Varsity Athletes. Uh, the Acclaim come out and do a rap on them about... It was, this was really good. Actually, Max, Matt Castle was like spitting bars, just saying how he's going to kill Mark Sterling if he ever like interrupts him again. Um, Fair. <laughs> yeah. And then they all scissor in the ring to send the crowd home happy. Um, <laughs> next, we get... Uh, this was great. It was only 30 seconds. It was Eddie Kingston just like apologising for murdering Sammy Guevara at Grand Slam. Why? Um, because he, they were like, oh yeah, you went too far because he, he won the match and then kept the hold in and Sammy was like dead. And he was like, Good. Just, I'm not breaking it. Um, <laughs> and then they reversed the decision so they like made them. And he was like, oh yeah, you're only giving me 15 seconds to say this. You give MJF 15 minutes. It's kind of teasing. We're getting Eddie and MJF down the line. I like that. Yes, please. <laughs> Yes. Um, then we got Ty Mello and Anna JS defeating Madison Rain and Sky Blue. This was fine. Um, mm-hmm. Just just done to kind of elevate Anna and Ty for the inevitable women's tag titles they're going to happen. Um, get a really good Swerve backstage promo where Swerve basically is just being a horrible bastard. And he's like, I- I'm I'm looking forward to this match with uh, Billy Gunn. Not, not because I want to have the best match of the night or a five-star banger. No, I just want to hate him. <laughs> he basically says he's going to murder daddy ass, um, which makes me sad. Um, and but also at Swerve. So that's, that's good. In uh, <laughs> the main pack, in the first of his back-to-back title defences, uh, the Death Triangle retained the AW Trios title against the Dark Order. Um, this was a really good match. Uh, the finish was basically... Um, Pax kind of like on the apron. Rouge comes from nowhere and gives Pac the hammer from the ring bell. And Pac's just like, yeah, all right. And just like hits Alex Reynolds in the face with it. And then <laughs> uh, from that, uh, Penta or Phoenix hit something on him and then pick up the win. Um, this is basically building off the fact that like Pac beat Orange Cassidy by hitting him with the ring bell hammer at right. Grand. Um, and then 
the second of Pac's back-to-back matches will go straight into Battle of Belts. Uh, Pac defended the uh, All-Atlantic Championship against Trent. This was probably the match of the two cards for me. Yeah, I've seen this. Really this was fucking good. superb. Um, again, Pac wins by using the ring bell hammer and hitting Trent in the face um, because nothing else was working. And then he just locks in the brutal eye after hitting with the hammer. <laughs> like, he's dead ref. A hammer to the head wasn't enough. <laughs> yeah. I think it's as well. It's not like a, I thought it was like a mallet. No, it was like a claw hammer. Yeah. It's brutal. Swatted in the head. Um, <laughs> after the match, Orange Cassidy comes down to exact revenge on Pac and we're getting a rematch for the All-Atlantic Championship on Dynamite. I think Orange is going to beat Pac for that. Oh, Really? I wouldn't be surprised. Like we, me and Tasty thought they were gonna do it at Grand Slam. Okay. Pack's defense that this will be Pack's seventh defense, so it's not like he's not had a good run with it. Mm. And because he's got two belts, it's kind of like it. It it gives them it gives them an out of the situation where they've just had where Pack's had to defend like double two, duty, like yeah. two matches back to back. Um, makes it a it makes it easier from a booking standpoint, if anything. Yeah. Uh, we go backstage. Uh, Chris Jericho says that Lionheart is going to be the version of Jericho that Danielson is going to be facing in Toronto. Uh, he's got um, 2.0 with him. Daddy Magic's very coked up. Um, <laughs> and then Claudio um, does a quick like video package, which is really good. Where he just he just says, "Whoever wins the Ring of Honor Championship match, I challenge them." Um, and then we get the TBS Championship match. Uh, this was really good. Uh, Jade Cargill defending against Willow. Uh, Willow felt like a genuine threat to Jade's title, mm. um, which the first time they faced each other, she didn't. Yeah. So it's cool because they actually they actually give Willow like a lot of time to kind of showcase what she can do. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the match, um, Nyla Rose steals the TBS title. And the memes that have followed from Nyla's Twitter account have been superb. <laughs> what uh, number defense was that for Cargill? Like 39, 40 or something? Uh, that was her 39th win. Right. So 40 isn't going to be Nyla in theory. Right. Do you see her losing it like on the 50th or something like that? That's what I predicted. But, but didn't you like originally you say if it is the fiftieth we thought it was going to be Athena but they've already had a match haven't they? Yeah, but they're starting to go back round with people. Okay. So there's not necessarily it, that it's it's not necessarily like it's it couldn't be her still. Mm. Uh, to be fair, I, I'm initially I thought it was going to be Anna J the way they were kind of pushing it. Well, okay. They like they've done that match like three times and mm. heel, so probably not. Um, to be honest, though, Nyla would be a really good choice to take the belt on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thought, yeah. Um, yeah, like a couple of little backstage bits. Um, Matt Hardy is confronted by Stokely Hathaway and Ethan Page. Basically, they just keep accusing him of uh, contract tampering with the private party. Um, and Stokely's stolen Jose the assistant's iPad. And he's got a video that he filmed on it of Mahadi and um, the private party kind of like having a shifty conversation under the stairs. Uh, <laughs> Matt threatens to delete Ethan Page, which kind of like teases a broken mm. 
come back. Uh, get a hook promo, basically just picking up off of Rampage last week where the Trust Busters like put like a letter down for him, but yeah. just ripped books off. Um, and then we get Tony Storm, Storm and She, the promo there. They've got a match with Britt and Jamie Hater next week uh, because Jamie Hater, um, also Britain Rebel attacked She there when this match was meant to happen, so it didn't. Uh, and then main event, we got Ring of Honor tag titles, FTR defending successfully against the Gates of Agony. Um, Tony week, must have been listening to the fucking New Japan show. Oh, uh, yeah. Called him out and like, book us. <laughs> 100%. Um, yeah, so uh, th- this was good because FTR basically normally have like matches against guys who are a little bit more way crazy, whereas these are just two big powerhouses. Yeah, yeah. Um, a gate of agony felt like a credible and believable threat, even though the crowd went really into it because they didn't know who they were. Mm. Um, they did feel like that. Um, they're good, man. They're, I really they are, like them. They are. Khan in particular is really, really underrated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, FDR win by hitting the big rig on Toliona. And then I think. I'm pretty sure they hit uh, no Dax uh, backslider can from that. Um, okay. But yeah, it was a good match. Uh, it, as well with the fact that like FTR won by like a quick pin, it kind of like kept the door open for like a rematch because it like they got out with the skin of the teeth sort yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, after the match, the embassy attack FTR um, and Warjo come and make the save, which makes me think that maybe. Either we're getting a faction with, like, potentially blood and guts with these guys somewhere mm-hmm. down, but in Ring of Honor. Or the other thing they might do is just do, like, a three-way where it's, like, War Joe, FTR, and Gates of Agony. Because War Joe seemed to be, like, becoming a thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm all right with that. <laughs> yeah, just based off the Samoa Joe promo, where he was like, we're forces of nature. No one can stop us. Um, yeah, anyway, that was AW. Got through it in the end. There was a lot no, to yeah. go through. Um, if you're listening on Jacks, we're going to play one song and then we'll be back right in. If you're not, well, we'll go straight into the rest of the world and we'll fly through it because my voice is going to give up. Um, <laughs> <clears throat> and we're back. So, rest of the world um, on the 10th of October at New Japan Declaration of Power. New Japan Pro Wrestling unveiled the New Japan World Television Championship. Um, title matches will be contested with a 15-minute time limit. The focus will be on high-paced matches and young talent. And there'll be a tournament to crown the first ever New Japan World TV Champion, which begins this weekend and will conclude at Wrestle Kingdom 17. Bloody hell, dragging that out then. Yeah. Uh, well, I think because it's because they've got like the Junior Tag League and the World Tag League, which are going to... Ah, He's right. Like the number one contenders to both sets of belts. I see. That's pretty cool. I mean, the belt looks... Uh, for those who haven't seen it, it looks like a giant ring. Yeah. Kevin Kelly literally, it looks like a big ring. <laughs> it, it's like they've looked at the dynamite diamond ring that AW have. And make, can you make that 15 times bigger, please? Can you make that bigger but cheaper? <laughs> and, uh, the leather also, it's on looks nice I like the leather 
I don't like the colour of it though. It's like it's like a sort of like brownie orange, isn't it? Yeah, I don't, I don't mind. I mean, when, orange with like a white trim. Yeah, I mean it's it's unique. I'll give it that. <laughs> like a seventies telly. It does. It really does. It looks like a seventies bachelor pad TV. And then I thought it, I thought it couldn't get worse. And then I put. Did you see the picture I put up with the side? The plate? side plate. Yeah. Oh god. It's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, somehow. Uh, yeah. But that's pretty cool but, though. Like. As a whole. To, like showcase like younger talent, maybe some of the young lion guys, mm. uh, guys like Yota Suji. I know you saw, yeah, yeah. Um, Ren Narita, who they seem to be really high on, mm-hmm. uh, Shelter Rumino, yeah, uh, guys who were just kind of like just coming back from excursion because not everyone can be a card that come back and win the fucking world title in the first match, yeah, <laughs> so, you know, but yeah, it's good, it's it's cool, it's a good idea. Uh, they also announced on the show that Wrestle Kingdom 17 will be dedicated to Antonio Noki. Um, nice. And the main event was confirmed to be Akada versus Jay White. Um, moving on, a little bit more New Japan news. Uh, Tamatonga revealed that his Gorillas of Destiny tag partner and brother, Tangaloa, is set to be out for the rest of 2022 after having MCL surgery in June. Um, yeah. Speedy recovery, man. That's yeah, rough. Tama seems to be flourishing. Like he, he just wrestled Jay White and for the IWGP World Championship. Aye. Got convincingly beaten, like, but he also held his own. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, more more on that as it comes. Maybe Tama and Hikalei will be in the World Tag League. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Um. The bigger gorillas of destiny. <laughs> you and improved gorillas of destiny. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, anyway, moving on to impact now. Uh, on and no more members: Mike Bennett, Matt Taven, Maria Canales, and Vincent are all done with impact following Saturday's tapings. Mia Yim's also thought to be finished with impact after her contract expired on the 9th of October. Um, been a little bit of talk of a few of them going to WWE. Mike Bennett and Maria Canellis in particular, I think. Yeah. Uh, Matt Taven's like a Ring of Honor mainstay, so it makes sense if ah, okay. maybe Ring of Honor wanted them. But again, Matt Taven Ring of Honor champion at one point? He was. He had that really gaudy purple belt that was fucking awful. Yeah, I remember. It looked dreadful. <laughs> um, Vincent's an interesting one because... Obviously, he's part of the Righteous, who were the Ring of Honor Trios champions until recently. Mm. Uh, there's been pictures of him and Bill Carr, who's also in the Righteous, um, with Bray Wyatt. They're quite good mates with Bray. All right. Obviously, with the whole Wyatt Six thing, mm-hmm. maybe there's some legs with that. Um, also, um. It's worth noting, although if they were taping on Saturday night and they got written off, then probably not timing-wise, but Vincent's got, like, greyish-black dreadlocks like the uh, the Fiend Okay. Saturday night had. If you notice, looking quite closely, they have black dreadlocks, not blonde, like, blur. Mm-hmm. blur. But, yeah. Um, yeah, uh, to be honest, I'd like to see the, the Righteous back in AW because the pre- the presentation's fucking awesome. Yeah. Just like 
more culty white family. Nice. Le- less less swamp gas, more like religious cult. <laughs> swamp gas. <laughs> yeah. Let, let, they, they look less like they were live in a swamp and more like they live in like a commune or something. Like they, they were all they I don't know if you've seen Death Before the Sun or like the presentation of them. So no. they, were, they were all wearing like all white. Okay. So like Vincent's like barefoot and he's just like wearing like white jeans. He's got like this big grey beard and like grey dreadlocks. He's got like this dead thick New York accent. Um looks a bit like Charles Manson. Nice. Uh, Bill Carr is huge, like a big fucker. He's mm. wearing white shoes, white pants, a white shirt with like uh, white suspenders. And then uh, Tyler Bateman was just wearing like white jeans and white boots. Nice. But they were like as, as I say, they were like looked like an actual cult. I'm gonna have to look this up now. God, the, 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 like, the like Ring of Honor's version of the Wyatt family. They're fucking awesome. Um but yeah, that Bray's Bray's been tweeting them a lot. And also there was a picture of him with Bill Carr and um Vincent recently. Right. Um, so yeah, just maybe. Uh, and our final bit of news before we wrap this bad boy up. Uh, oh, I recognise. I know you're on about. Yeah. Um, yeah. PWG have announced their next show is going to be called Dink and will be on taking place on November the 6th. Uh, it's been named Dink after a PWG regular fan, Alan Dink Denkerson, who unfortunately passed away in August. That's um, a nice touch. Really nice touch, yeah. It'll be interesting to see what they do on that card because... The Kings of the Black Throne are tag champions, and obviously Malachi is taking a bit of a break from wrestling at the moment. Mm. Um, Daniel Garcia is the PWG champion. Um, you'd think pe- people you probably th- probably think would be on there would be like Takeshita, maybe. Um, mm-hmm. Who else? They've been they've been using that kind of like as. A lot of like AW guys who don't really get on TV regularly have been on yeah. PWG and then Kings of the Black Throne who do get regular TV time. Mm-hmm. Or do you just doing murders on people? Doing Not to say it. Giving Speedball and Mike Bailey fucking paper cuts on his feet. Um, <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, seeing what card they put out with that. Yeah, man. Um, and are we oh are we for time? We got time for one more thing to. We have, mate. Have. We've 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 got yeah. We've got we've got enough time. We've got plenty um, of time. This, but it's probably worth saying. Um, TNT announced this weekend that um at their Extreme Fields show in Electric Warehouse, your boys, the Untitled Wrestling Podcast, will be there. That is right. Um. Can't go too much into detail on what we're actually going to be doing there, but we will be in attendance in more than just a attending capacity. Um, there are some some exciting times on the horizon. Let's say that. Yeah. Um, we look forward to seeing you there. Tickets are available on Dice.fm. I believe they're thirty-five pound for the full day. Uh, there's going to be representation from not just TNT but also North Wrestling. Soft Pro, Wrestle Island, um, Chaos Wrestling, I believe. Mm-hmm. Probably another one. One more as well, I think. I think there's five or six. Um, it's going to be a 
a huge day. I think it starts at like one in the afternoon, goes on to the evening. There's live it's bands, online. arcades, wrestling, various promotions. Just, ah, oh, it's going to be a fucking awesome day. Can't wait. Yeah, it should be very, very fun. Um, yeah. Um, oh, in- infamous pro wrestling. And- That's it. Uh, the Lancashire Wrestling Federation as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then obviously there'll be some TNT matches as well. I know they've they've announced them um, on the TNT side of things, the two off the top of my head that I can remember are um, Clint Margiera defending his extreme title against Lou Nixon in a death match, which, yes, please. Um, nice. The Crazy House Rumble, which is just a rumble. Um and Tate Mayfair's against Scotty Raw, which, yes, please. Tateness is greatness. Tate, greatness. Go listen to our interview with Tate Mayfair's over on our YouTube at Untitled Wrestling Podcast as well. That about does us today. Yeah. Um, Aye. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for deputising for Big Tasty Troy. No problem. Going back to the Jacked Radio podcast. Aye. I'll be back again soon. Don't you worry. Mm-hmm. And soon, what's going to play us out? Uh, we'll have Live in Fear by Mark Rosa, which, uh, for those that don't know, is Bray Wyatt's old song. Um, so you know, on brand, like everything else has been on this show. Uh, so yeah, enjoy that. Uh, if you don't already, just before we do go, drop us a follow if you can on our social media outlets, uh, Twitter, Twitch, and Discord at Untitled Rest Pod. And Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Untitled Wrestling Podcast. See you next week, folks. Bye. Bye.